right, guys. Hey, welcome back uh, to the Eric Goodwood podcast. Today, we have Nick Heider on the cast. Nick, thanks for coming. Uh, you're out in Nashville, and I actually met you in Nashville. This was about a year and a half ago at what we called EV5, which is part of a program called The Program. Nick Alfano and his group out there, you came and spoke, and I was like, hey, this is a cool dude. He played baseball. Uh, he's a good-looking guy. He's, he's big into social media. He's passionate. He's he's all about just helping people become the best version of themselves. So I thought I need to I need to get this guy on my podcast. You also have a great social media presence and I see you all the time on there. So it always was hitting me. Gotta get this guy. Gotta get this guy. So thanks for coming on, dude. Dude, it's uh I'm ready to chop it up with you and have a good old time. It was great meeting you guys at the uh at the event here in town. And um if I'm being totally honest, um that event opened my eyes. I had never seen anything like that. And uh it was something that it was just like, dude, this is something here. And uh, this is like, this can help a lot of people. This could be the yeah. next big thing. You know what I mean? So I'm super happy to have been exposed to it, to meet everybody. And I'm even more pumped to talk um, at EV12 in Las Vegas here in just a couple weeks. Yeah. For those of you that don't really know, because it is unique, like you said, it's kind of a males group where you get together and help people rewrite their stories. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of say that there's a lot of physical aspect to it. But there's also a lot of unlearning as well as learning new stories and soundtracks that just help serve people. So there's another one coming up in Las Vegas. Uh, if you want to plug that one, what, what's the date on that, Nick? You remember? Uh, March 1st. Yeah. March. Uh, the Lightspeed BT headquarters. Um, myself, uh, Real Bradley, um, Nick Long, and a whole bunch of other guys are um, are taking the stage, helping out and doing those things. But again, we're we're just like the um, maybe just icing on the cake. We're not the real, the, the most more important part of it because like what happens, the framework and what, what it, the, the bonding and, and, you know, that everybody experiences, it's just, it's opening people. I think, I think the guys that go to those, they feel that they open up a part of their spirit that they've either it's been dormant their whole life or they haven't touched it in, in decades. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Some of my, some of my greatest relationships, some, some of my best friends have come from that container um, just because people and the guys in there are very real, raw, honest, vulnerable, authentic, and then just kind of getting rid of all the BS. And uh, I think that kind of leads into who you are a little bit and what you're most passionate and fired up about is just getting rid of the BS, like just doing it, just getting stuff done. And you've proven that. I've watched you in the time that I've known you. You are so crazy consistent and you just preach it, but you live it. Why, why are you so passionate about that? Because, you know, in my journey, all the problems that I had go back to, uh, I was not a student of what you, everything you just said, you know, I was the guy that always had the great ideas and the greatest of intentions, but I never really took action. I was always hoping or relying on somebody else, I guess, to, to kind of do it or whatever, you know, whatever else. But, um, like, you know how it is, bro. Motivation gets you started, and that discipline and consistency is what gets you to finish, right? So, at the end of the day, I found out that I was kind of a quitter. I was kind of a quitter. I never truly, like, accomplished the full goal. If it was if it was a fitness goal I had, I'd get to, like, 80% and be like, that's good enough. You know, it was that way with my faith, and it was that way in my business. It was that way in my marriage. It was that way in, in fatherhood. It was that way in everything. Right, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Henry Ford says, "Dude, I was I was living proof of that." Yeah. And um, so there was some there was some growth and development. That think about this: when you're a kid, when you're a kid, every year you go into a new grade. Okay, so you're a different person. You were a second grader. Now you're a third grader. Right? Then you go through high school, maybe college. Then you get a job. That's when most people stop evolving. Right yeah. there. Yeah. Right? Or they get married. Boom. They stop evolving. They stop developing. They get to a place in their life and then they just quit. And that's the thing is like you should never stop doing that. You should never stop feeding your faith, feeding, uh, feeding your mind, feeding your body, and more, most importantly, feeding your relationships. You know? now, you, you're touching on something that actually is so I'm so passionate about right now where you're talking about people get stagnant. They get to that spot where they get into their career and then they're just done. I've had two people that are close, very close to me in my life where I look at their life and they literally anything they can do, Nick, to avoid accountability, they will do it. They fight their wife on everything. 
Yeah, they fight. They anything that they can do to set walls between their wife or their church or f- other friends or whatever to where they are not held accountable to live a higher standard, they will do it. And it's literally killing them. Like it, they're, it's killing their creativity. It's it's killing their passion, their drive, and they just it's fear. It's fear of something. I don't know if I can put my finger on it. But I'm passionate about that as well. Just like get out of your own way. Be okay with accountability. If you have none, it's not good. Because we do. We grow up with it. You have teachers and coaches and we do. And I, you know, I I was I came under the um, like I finally realized that I was asking my friends, my colleagues, my wife, and my kids to do something that I wasn't willing to do. I wanted them to like me and look at me a certain way when I wasn't willing to do that for myself. You know, Mm. I didn't like myself. I didn't like what I saw in the mirror. I wasn't happy with myself. And I was expecting everybody else to pick up the slack and do something I wasn't willing to do for myself. You know what I mean? So why would I expect my wife to like me if I don't like me? That doesn't yeah. seem very fair, does it? Right. Yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned too, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Uh, I'm going to add one small thing to that that just tweaks it a little bit in a little different perspective. It's not that that one's not right to me. But I, I like to sometimes add to it However, how you do one thing you care about is how you do everything you care about. So what are the things that you care about? You know what's important to people? Just look at what they spend their time on, right? If they say that their family's important, but they spend all day watching college football, their family ain't that important. College mm-hmm. football is important, right? So what they, what they spend their time on is what's important to them. What's important to me is first and foremost, it's my faith, and second is my family. So everything that I do is um, is a dir- direct ripple or an effect of what's coming next in my journey with my faith and my family, right? So uh, professionally, I work to serve others, but it's also to to support my family. You yeah. know, um, my wife and I figured out probably like 2017 or 18 that um, all the decisions that we were making for our family – up until that point, had always what's best for our family, and then out of what's best, what can we afford? So I was never making a decision on what was best. I was making what I could afford, making a decision on what I could afford. And about twenty, when, once we got to about $20,000 a month in income back then, all of a sudden we could make decisions for our kids, like what school they go to, what sports teams they play on, or whatever it may be. We figured out that we could make decisions based on what's best for our family without considering the money. And then that's also the amount that allowed us to do the most for the community that we wanted to do at the time, you know? So th- it, was, it was understanding like 20000 a month or a quarter million a year, that was the target that was life-changing for us. So once we figured out that was the number, then it was just literally just working out a career path to get there, you know? Yeah, yeah that's where you spent your time. That's what you cared about. That's kind of what you're, what you're saying, right? Like if you really care about getting free, um, people expect me to be a college a sports guy because I played at an elite level. Bro, I couldn't tell you what's going on. I know there was like there was like, hey, you watching the Super Bowl? I literally like two weeks before I was like, who's playing? Like I had no idea, bro. Like I don't have time for that. There's too many other things that we got to do. I got a 14 year old kid and a two year old daughter. Dude, if they're not into football, watching football games, I'm not either. I'm into what they're into. Once I, when I'm not um, growing myself, growing my marriage, growing my businesses. You know what I mean? And I love it because, I mean, you're, you're, you're playing your own game, right? Like, you, you're not watching somebody else play their, live their dream. You're, you're living your own dream. And I think too often as guys, especially as guys in the sports realm, we do that. We watch too much TV, sports, entertainment. And it's like, well, yeah, we idolize these guys, but what if you were the main character, right? When you're talking about time and, and you're getting like super focused on creating what you wanted and you, one key thing that I want to point out is you, you mentioned you did it with your wife, which I love. I feel like if you're not pulling the hand cart together, then somebody's either dead weight or they're pl- pulling in another direction. You're not getting there as fast. The other thing that I, that I love um, where you say like you kind of call people out in a way like don't tell me you value something like show me where you spend your time. I'm going to add two other things to that. Where do you spend your money and where do you spend your energy? Time, money, and energy. And I think you'd probably agree with me. Where people spend those three things is what they truly value in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, some people will, you know, some folks might say, I can't afford to, you know, advertise that way to build my business. Or I can't afford to put my kid in that school. Or I can't, like really go back and look at where you spent your money, man. You know, um, how many times did you guys 
you know, eat out? Did you pay Uber Eats delivery fees? Those things add up, dude. They can they equal thousands of dollars a year. I, I saw a, I saw a clip the other day. I don't know exactly how true it was. I couldn't fact check it, but I know based on people I know, I, I checked it with them that the average American spends twenty four hundred dollars a year on Starbucks. Mm. Starbucks, dude, twenty four hundred dollars a year. You only need six hundred more dollars to to attend EV twelve. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. Yep. We think too small too often. And I think maybe they're just trying to live the life they, they think they want to live. Um, but they're just scraping by, they're not doing it the right way. And, and one of my peeves, and I, I honestly do get a little bit peeved with it when people say, you ask them what they value, like in an event like this coming up, you'd ask, well, what do you value? And they'll start with their faith and their family. It's like, well, how much time a week do you spend? Well, and then they BS it and say something that's kind of high. The truth is they don't. They don't take their wife on a date every week. They don't talk to her every night. They're gone all the time. They're always on trips. They're hanging out with the guys. They're going and playing pickleball, whatever it is. They're not, they don't value family. If you're not spending your time, money, and energy with them, you may say that that's the top pillar, like faith first, then family, then your fitness, then your finance or whatever. You may have that order in. Don't bullshit me because I'm going to call you out on it. If you're not spending your time in that order, you don't value those things. That's exactly right. And, um, you know, again, it's accountability to oneself. You know what I mean? So, um, and they're probably, however they're doing it with what you just, uh, you know, express how they spend their money. They're probably making those same decisions based on those same habitual habits all across their life on yeah. everything else that they're doing, you know? And then the crazy thing is, is when they tell you, they, I know I need to do it, but, you know, I just can't do it right now. And you say, well, why? They'll sit there and defend why they can't do it instead of saying, Robert Kiyosaki said something in Rich Dad, Poor Dad that changed my life. I was, I was brought up middle class, and there was a lot of times we were told we can't afford that. Well, Kiyosaki huh. says instead of saying you can't afford it, say, how can I? Turn, okay. turn it into a question, and then you'll start to figure things out, right? So everything that we wanted to do, even building the studio so that good. I'm sitting in today, when everybody else told me it was stupid and laughed at us and all the other things that we did – and, and you know what? We didn't have a, a, a massive studio budget. This place is expensive, you yeah. know, and really expensive. And it's really nice. And it's like, so instead of saying we can't afford to do that right now, it's like, dude, we were coming back and we knew we had to do it. And it's like, how can we do this? How can we put a studio in here? Where can it go? Where's the money going to come from? And then how can we get a return on that? And boom, it didn't take that long. We figured it out and we created a roadmap, right? It's been a beautiful thing. And just acted and made it happen. Let, let's play on that a little bit with your podcast and social media and your personal brand and everything that you've worked so hard for and built. I mean, it's solid and you've been crazy consistent. We both meet so many people that want to get a personal brand and they want a, a social media presence and they want to start a podcast. What's your advice to them? Well, you know, we live in two different worlds, okay? The face-to-face -face world and then the world online, all right? And the world online is... I mean, people are spending half their lives online these days, you know. So um, Rory Vaden at Brand Builders Group is so good. Rory is amazing. Take the stairs, right? Or isn't that – didn't Rory write that book? Take take the stairs. stairs. Yeah, it's a good book. He's fantastic. And, you know, he um, he says, dude, you know, your personal your personal brand is your reputation online at the end of the day, right? And, and what that means is it's your results times your reach, right? So um, your personal brand is your results times your reach. So it's basically what – yeah. That's your personal brand. Right. So obviously, if you are the the um, you know, the the quarterback of the high school football team that won the state championship in your community, you're somebody. Well, how do you create that online? OK. And the reason that the quarterback was somebody in the community is because of the results and how many people knew about it. The whole town went to the football game and they saw him do it. Right. So and they saw his results it results. And that was his reach. And that's his personal brand. So um, when it comes to doing that online, like, dude. If you're great at something, if you've done things at an elite level, can they find that about you online, right? You know, people are going to validate everybody online. So when they go online to val validate what you do, if they don't find you and they find somebody else, they do business with somebody else. Yeah. I'm going to put a plug in for Nick Heider right here. Rory Vaden, Bradley, these people that are in his corner that have helped you, right, be able to get to where you're at, which your, your brand is amazing. These are some of the best minds like Rory is, in, in my opinion, one of the best minds that I've seen in that space to help people build a personal brand. So you're in my opinion, you're learning from the best 
and you're one, you're, it's a direct relationship. That's rare. I think a lot of people would love to have that relationship with Rory. So for everybody listening and that's listened this far, I mean, pay attention to this stuff. Cause this is not, this is not just opinion or like, I mean, Rory is so dialed in with his numbers and, and making sure that everything's accurate. And it really is the legit stuff. Um, I believe he's helped Ed Milet with his brand as well, like directly. That's biggest, some of the biggest names. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you another question because this is one that I get a lot and it, it is kind of tough. Um, what about people that feel like they don't have a story? Like what I, I don't have anything to tell them. I don't have any value to add. I feel like I get that more than anything else. Um, maybe you would agree, maybe you disagree, but what would you tell somebody like that? Well, you know, if you don't know what your worth is or what I, I believe as a man of faith, I believe God gave everybody one specific gift that's unique to just them because you're, there's one of one of you, right? There is nobody else that's made up exactly like you, right? So first of all, if you're not happy doing what you're doing, I don't think you're using that gift, okay? But second of all, like you got to understand like perception is reality at the end of the day, unfortunately, you know? Yeah. So again, how can you expect others to like you or treat you a certain way if you're not willing to do that for yourself? And if you can't help yourself, you can't help others. Like literally on an airplane, if you don't put the oxygen mask on yourself first, you can't help anybody when you're passed out on the floor. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just, there's certain things that you got to do to help yourself to, um, to help others. But more importantly, I'll tell a little story about my son who's actually in the other room out there right now. When he was like three years old, we were, he was going to be in the church Christmas cantata for the kids. You know what I mean? So like the cute little thing where nobody knows what they're doing. Just a bunch of kids up there mouthing some words from time to time. Dude, the congregation's packed. We're backstage with our kid. He's three or four years old. And he, and he looks out the curtain to see if grandparents are out there and he sees a packed congregation. Uh, and he was like, Dad, I, I don't think I can do this. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Well, this is great. He goes, no, nah, dude, there's a lot of people out there. I don't think I can do this. And I said, are you shy? He goes, I don't know what that means. I was like, why are you scared? He goes, I, I think so. I think I'm scared. I was like, all right, dude, well, check this out. Um, I was like, Ethan, you're not a selfish guy and you're being selfish. And about that time, my wife was like, what are you doing? You know, you just oh, call stop. your three-year-old selfish. Oh, stop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, who are those people here to see? Yeah. He was like, me. And I'm like, well, you're making it about you instead of they came here to see you. Why don't you just go give them what they came to see? And he was like, oh, well, that's easy. And I think I could do that. He's never had stage fright ever again. But it was such a funny thing. I had to tell a three-year-old wow. that he was selfish because he was scared to death to go out and perform in front of 200 people. Wow. That's crazy that he was able to have that click, too. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> that's right. But again, when people, but when people are like, I don't feel like I got this, dude, you're making it about you. And that's selfish, yeah. right? But how do you serve others? And that's where you'll find your faith. That's where you'll find your value. That's where you'll find a lot oh, of things. Good. If you make it about other people. So change your perspective. Uh, like look out instead of look in. That is so good. Uh, the whole change your perspective and it's for others, not yourself. It takes the ego out of it. The thing that I hear a lot is that people feel like, well, I see all these other people on there and I just don't like their stuff. I feel like they're too, they're too cocky or arrogant or egotistical and I don't want to be that guy. Well, then don't. Then don't, yeah, and they're making it about them. But what value? Yeah. Question of what do you say about the people that, you know, they don't feel good enough to do that or they don't feel this and that. I'm like, well, nobody cares how you feel. Like, you know what I mean? Like, get over yourself. Focus on how you make other people feel. It yeah. ain't about you. You don't do what you do for you. You do it for others. Like, that's how, those are the best businesses. The ones that focus on the customer experience, income's the outcome, not the objective, right? So it's just, you solve a lot of problems. You solve the greatest problems in the world. You probably get paid really well. Yeah. And, and to, to your point too, with all of this, of like doing it for others, if I was doing, or you were doing, if both of us were doing all of the social media podcast stuff for ourselves, we would have quit a long time ago because you don't start making a lot of money right off the bat at all. In fact, you're spending tens of thousands of dollars in your equipment and pushing stuff out and testing it and seeing what hits and what doesn't. And if it was for me and you, I guarantee both of us would say, yeah, we'd quit because there's no ROI. There's definitely not a direct ROI and it takes years until you start to see things happen. And, and you also have to, if you want to monetize it, you kind of have to be smart about it. It doesn't just happen. 
No. No, no nothing happens. Uh, nobody wins a championship by accident. Nobody personally develops when it's not on purpose. Right? It takes, in, it takes intent to do things. And when you live an intent-based life, when you live a purpose-driven life, Gives you, it gives you a reason to get up and be grateful and wake up every day. I think gratitude or gratefulness, I think, I think uh, ungratefulness is the root of all sin. How can you have a bad day if you're grateful? How can you be unhappy if you're grateful? Yeah. You know, and every day truly is a gift, and we tend to focus on a lot of the wrong things. Um, you know, we live, a, we live a lot of our life in fear. Michael Jordan said, why would I be worried about missing a shot I hadn't taken yet? You know, yeah. so... Um, Everything that happens great in your life, the people that achieve great things, it wasn't on accident. It was on purpose, and, and, uh, and there was a whole lot of thought and reasoning and work that went behind that. And feedback of failure, right? <laughs> There's a, don't you be afraid to go forward. Yep. You only lose if you quit. You win or you learn, right? So yep. got, uh, the other thing, too, that we figured out is like all the gifts in life are in the struggle because of that's the, that's where the lessons are learned. And on the other side of that, you're stronger, stronger, smarter, better, right? More qualified, which means you make more money. Okay. So, you know, the people that are not where I'm at, I'm not better than them. I'm just ahead of them in the journey. I may have started quicker, or I may be doing things. Uh, I may be doing things faster than they are. Right. So we talk in, in social media a lot. People say, Nick, when can I plan to have what you have on social? I'm like, well, on Instagram alone, I've posted over, there's over 6,000 posts on there. So you're at 500, right? So you're literally like not even 10% of the way there. So you probably have about 10% of what I got or less because it does compound the longer and more consistent you are doing it. Eric, everybody's consistent. Even if they're there, some of some people are just consistently inconsistent. You know, <laughs> Some people are really good at quitting. They're yeah. really good at it. They're masters of it. You know what I mean? So it's all again it's all perspective i don't have any momentum no your momentum is that you don't have any right your momentum is you're inconsistent that's the january and february are always the hardest for me because in nashville we usually get a little bit of weather that kind of shuts the town down happened this year um when you got kids they're around other kids who are always sick so there's always something going around your house that slows things down life's always going to happen there's always going to be somebody that's that's sick there's always going to be somebody that passed away there's always going to be something that keeps you from doing what you set out to do, right? But at the end of the year, when you when you say, I didn't hit my goal or I did hit my goals, you don't go back and justify it and be like, well, you know, we were sick that week in January. It snowed. Um, you know, we had, some, you know, somebody passed away. When my wife and I in 2015, when our insurance company finally took off, when it really took off, we made a commitment. Back then, people answered the phone. It took all day to call 100 people, Right. So I just, I just aged myself, I think, you know, when people answered the phone. So we used, to, we used to call, that was the thing, is while we were building our network, while we were building our brand, we were buying data, buying leads, and calling those people, right? We did 100 a day for, the number was, it's, uh, I've, I've, off the top of my head, I can't remember exactly what it is, but I think it was 526 days in a row, we called 100 people, okay? And I went back and tallied it up. There was like 14 baseball tournaments, right? We had two deaths. There was a whole bunch of, of sicknesses. There was vacations. Right. There was all these things that life throws at you where we still got our hundred dials. And I can't tell you how many times I'll be coaching third base. Right. And then in between games, I'd go to the back of the SUV and start dialing, wow. you know, because it was important to me. But there is people say, well, why, why not 524 days? Why 523? Because the 524th day or whatever it was, that was the day that so many people were calling us that we didn't have to make those outbound calls. And that was when our life changed and transitioned. So, People said, dude, 100 calls a day, it took you all day. That had to suck. Yeah, but it wasn't permanent. It was temporary, right? So everything that you're going through that's hard in life is temporary. None of it's permanent. It's as long as it takes, right? What it takes is what it takes. Word until. It's just until. Yeah, it's until you get what you're, what you're after, right? Because nothing's permanent. I love that. That's so good. Um, you know, you've heard, I'm sure you've heard the saying, right? You're, you're most qualified to serve the person that you once were. And so where you kind of said, like, at the beginning of this, you kind of said, like, yeah, I was a quitter at the beginning. I, I, I probably get asked that all the time, too. Like, hey, how do I stay committed? How do I make this happen? Touch on that, if you could. What are your, what are your biggest hacks, secrets, tips to those that are struggling to stay committed to anything? Well, you know, 
when you when you quit on yourself, that's the, the word is yourself, right? So, but when you quit on yourself, you're actually quitting on others, okay? But you're making it about you, and you're forgetting about them, all those people that you're actually quitting on, okay? So Rory was talking about this literally. Rory, so that quote you said, you're most uniquely and powerfully positioned to help the person that you once were. That's another Rory Vaden, okay? That's where that came from. Um, and you can hear that when Ed Milet gives it on stage, and I, it's, I can tell you where he got it. You know what I mean? So uh, Rory says, your personal brand isn't about you at all. It's about the service that you provide for others. That's your personal brand, right? Again, your results times your reach, okay? So for those folks that are having trouble with committing, they're, they're, they're just, they've got the lens turned around backwards. You know what I mean? You got to face it out. You got to face it out because, again, a lot of times when you go through things that are really hard, like being a father was one of the greatest gifts that God ever gave me because it changed me. Yeah. All of a sudden, I couldn't quit. I couldn't let go. I couldn't let down because there was a there was a child that was watching every move that I made, right? So that old saying, "Do as I say, not as I do," man, that ain't that ain't how it works. Okay, so my son does everything that I do, and I'm pretty much a spitting image of my father. Hopefully, a little bit better than he is, and I hope my son's a little bit better than I am. I hope I'm, we hope and we trust and we work that each generation gets better right than the previous one not worse and not definitely not more lazy so the one thing that comes along with being a hider is is um a, a like a lot of grit a lot of temper right but um and, and a lot of fight my uh somebody told my, me a story about my dad one time my dad's not the biggest guy in the world however he's strong as an ox but somebody when they were younger somebody told him looked at my dad and said i'm gonna kick your ass and his, my dad's buddy said i don't know if i'd do that if i was you and the guy said, what, you don't think I can whoop his ass? He goes, oh, you might, but it's going to take you all day, <laughs> you know? And that's kind of where I come from, dude. The reason I played as far as I did in baseball, one of the reasons I played is because I was the last man standing, right? There was a lot more talented guys, a lot better guys that had more tools and a lot of things that I didn't have that just quit before I did, hmm. you know? So showing up, man, there's a lot of value with that. There's I a lot love of value with that. And, and communication, dude, is a big thing. Every problem in your life, Every problem in my life, every problem in humanity, you can trace it back to there's a break in communication somewhere. You can look back at every problem in the history of mankind, and not one time will they look back and say, you know, that problem happened because they communicated too well. Yeah. You know, communication is unbelievably important. Okay. And anytime somebody's let down, it was because an expectation wasn't met, which means something wasn't communicated from one party to the next. Communication's two ways. Derek Jeter says loyalty and communication and trust. One way is stupid. Yeah. It's got to go. It's got to go both ways, you know. Yeah, I remember watching his docu series, and that was so good. Um, one of one of the things, you know, I'm I'm thinking about with with all you just said, really. When when you when you're talking about all of these things and staying staying committed to things, I was talking to James Lawrence. Um, the Iron Cowboy. I don't know back east. It seems like his name's getting everywhere. Um, Y'all know him out there. I'm, I'm assuming in Nashville. He did a hundred Ironmans in a hundred consecutive days. Full Ironmans, not half, not partial. Full Ironmans in a hundred days. First person ever to do that. Incredible. I mean, when he, but his story is unique because he tells a story of running like a 5k with his family and just being gassed and having one of the worst times. And his, his wife turned to him and said something like, you're such a wuss. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he didn't start out that talented. I was just golfing with him here in St. George, Utah about a month ago. And I had him on the podcast and we we're in the same golf cart together. And I started asking him about that stuff. And and one of the things I said to him was, I said, James, I don't know. I, there's a lot of things where I, I could say, like, I, they're just human. I could do that. If I, I'm a grinder, I can work hard. I can make it happen. But what you did, I don't know if I could honestly say that. A hundred consecutive Ironmans, like, that's something special. And he said, Eric, I have zero doubt in my mind that you could. It's just by when could, could you do it in 10 years? How long would you need to train? You're not where I am now, but you, you can be 
but what do you value? What do you prioritize? And it goes back to what we were saying. Where do you spend your time, your money, and your energy? What do you value? Because how you do one thing that you care about is how you do everything that you care about. Right? Anyway, the last part of that I have to tack on to the end because I thought it was so good. The other thing he said, pain is temporary. He said, the other thing I learned, Eric, when I was in the middle of all of that 100 days in a row is that pain reaches a threshold and it doesn't get any worse than that. And I just learned to be okay with that pain and learn to just, he, he ran, I think he broke his back at like day 30, 40 and finished all 100. So his whole point is pain reaches a threshold. It doesn't get any worse. So I was just okay with whatever max stimulus of pain my body was feeling. And then I was okay. I wasn't afraid of the pain anymore. How many of us get a little bit of pain and we stop? Oh, it's well, first of all, you know, changes and um, changes is inevitable, but growth is optional, right? And literally, they call them growing <laughs> pains. They call them growing pains. Now, but it's all reference, okay? I saw a uh, somebody sent me a video yesterday of a guy that was having trouble setting a new personal record on on squats. So they made him do a negative with two extra plates on, then he could squat, right? And made him go down real slow. And then they took those plates off, and boom, he popped it right up. Why? Because what was heavy was a reference. Until he picked up something heavier, then all of a sudden that wasn't heavy anymore. So what's hard to you is only hard until you try something harder, and then that's going to be re- that's going to be a reference, and it's not going to be as hard anymore. Right. So that's when you're pushing through those things. Again, the gifts are in that God gives you are in the challenges. The gifts are in those tough times because it's what's tough is just a reference, you know. And I can tell you from spending time from other country uh, with people from other countries, dude, what is hard for us here is easy for them over there because their 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 situations totally different, you know. So our perspective is so jaded. We live in a world that's as small as the, the country that we live in. The world is massive, and there's billions of people that we don't even know exist or what their culture is or what they're going through. And they look at us, and they just think that, I mean, we have it all. This is still the American dream, man. And, uh, but again, look at what we're, look at all the stuff that we got going wrong here. And they're kind of laughing at us a little bit. You know, it's, when it snowed here in Tennessee for like a week, dude, the town shut down. Well, we do business nationwide we do business worldwide so it they didn't nobody you know in uh in in scottsdale cared that it snowed in nashville they they we were it was business as usual you know so and as my buddy chris hine heine in minnesota was laughing at us here he's like yeah dude it snows like that's that's just tuesday up here man that's that snows nothing it's all perspective it's all what you can handle and the most you've ever done i i, I want to ask you a question that's kind of going to preempt what i'm going to ask and, you know, we've heard about show me your five is what I say. Like, show me the five people around you. And I'll show you like who you're either going to become or who you are. Uh, let's let's go with three to make it easier for you. Who would you say are like the three closest people that you admire, that you hang out with that are in your circle? Um, so there's three people that really stimulate my mind um, big time. So the, fir- the first one is uh, my like, honestly, it's my son. So. That's the dude that like, that's my workout partner. That's who I work out with every day. I've lost 50 pounds in the last 10 years. Yep. And it's been side by side with him, working with him. How much, how much weights we have at our house is how much he needs to lift in his growth. So I'm just growing with him throughout that journey. But talking to him, perspective with him, working with him on a daily basis, um, outside of Jesus, God's greatest gift is a child, man, right? And he, so my son is a huge inspiration to me. He's my hero. And somebody I look to every day. Obviously, um, I can't, I, I can't put a, a an exact amount or dollar amount on the effect that the that Bradley has had on my life. He's been a great friend of me of mine, somebody that uh, has taught me so much and basically just been an unlimited place of resource for me. He's done things for me that he never. It's, he's probably one of the nicest guys and best guys on on earth, man. I can't say enough about that dude. And that's just somebody that every time you're around them, you leave feeling excited and. Like, life's just good, man. You know, everything's greener when Brad's around. It's crazy. And then um, the guy that changed my life in 2014 is uh, uh, one of my best friends, and, and pa- his name's Pastor Roger Patton. Hmm. We had a – we do a um, – this year we're doing a weekly call together. We're going to start doing some of them live just so people can see um, what we're talking about. But um, that guy changed my life 
forever in multiple ways. Saved my marriage too. So wow. th those are three dudes that just every time I'm around them, it's um, li life's good, life's challenged. It's, it's it changes the way you think, man. It makes you think forward. I love that. And I'm, like I said, I was gonna ask that to get to my question or get to my statement. Maybe as more of a statement, but the. I love actually that you started with your son. I've seen you guys on social media and I love watching him. That dude is going places. I don't, how old is he? You guys, you got to go follow Nick Heider. Cause, and just, just, I mean, Nick's cool. Watch his son. Like this kid. He's not on Instagram yet. That's this year, later this year, but he does have a, a YouTube that he, he posts all of his stuff. He's big into blitz ball and, and get drums and guitar and what, and that's what he puts on there. Um, obviously I see everything that goes on in there and, and he has access based on when we give it to him because it is social media is, uh, the internet is the loaded gun for a teenager. However, his, 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 um, his YouTube's Ethan Hyder and he would love some subscribers. So that dude, that dude is fire. I mean, he is seriously, that kid's a leader. He's going to, he's going places. You can tell him I said that I watch him and I'm just, I get fired up because of how, that his energy is is solid. He's got some really really good mojo going on. Um, <laughs> kid, he blows my mind every day. Especially, you know what? Where he blows my mind the most is every Sunday after church. Um, it's really important to us that we apply what God spoke to us through the pastor every week, right? So I think for us, we go to church on Sundays to fill the tank because we're going to burn every ounce of gas until we go back the next Sunday. We're going to fill the tank. So as soon as we get in the car, we always ask, I look at my wife, I look at my son, what, what did you guys get out of the sermon today, and how are you going to apply it to your life this week, right? And he blows our mind with his answers. Like, they're better than mine. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. So cool. And then Brad Lee and then your pastor. Um, the reason I, I asked you those questions, I mean, or that question, is because – I've always felt, and it started with sports. It started with school, sports. I wasn't the smartest. I wasn't, especially as a young kid, I wasn't the best baseball player. I wasn't the fastest, the strongest, or whatever. But there was one thing that I'll say that that was a tool that anybody can use, and it's a hack. Find the smartest kid in the, in the class and go sit by him or her. Like, I don't care if they have smelly armpits. You want to be smart, too? You go, you go sit by him. If you want to be one of the best baseball players, go hang out with the best. It, it, and, and, and here's the other thing. You want to be world-class, it's not going to be in your city. So you got to go seek out world-class. So, so who, who are those people and how do you add value to them? Find people like Nick. Nick is a great example. I, I know some of your network because you shared it in EV5 when I was around you. Some of the people you know are heavy, heavy hitters. And, and, and I mean – they, between all of them, I mean, you guys have a crazy network where you could almost rule the world <laughs> in, a way, in a sense. I mean, you could get a message out to the whole United States with your network. The, find a group, grow a network, add value to a network where pain is the standard, growth is the standard, creation is the standard, love is the standard, high energy is the standard. Like all of these things are the standard. Like fitness is the standard because if you want those things, you go out and you eat, it, it, you know what I'm talking about? Like you go to a restaurant and they're not ordering dessert and they're not ordering this and that. And they look at you like, they're looking at you like, bro, what are you eating? Like, you know, you want to be around people. And that's just an example of one thing like fitness and eating and nutrition, like be around people that uphold a high standard. Absolutely. If you no doubt, no doubt. Um, you know, if, if people have a low standard, you're, you're probably going to, they're going to rub off on you in some way. You rub off on each other. Right. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a conversation where, you know, there's a, there's a sale being made. Somebody's going to sell somebody that they can, they can help them solve a problem they got, or somebody's going to sell the, the person that's wanting to sell them that they're not, they don't want to buy from them. Somebody's getting closed at all times. Right. So anytime you have any type of relationship with anybody where, where there's two-way communication, um, some, you're rubbing off on each other, right? So who's going to have, who's going to have the lasting effect? You know, I like to be somebody that, um, I like to be somebody that people want to be around. Um, because of the way that, again, the way that you make them feel, you know, so there's some probably some teammates here that might disagree with that because we run a pretty tight ship here and the standards are incredibly high. However, the people that have those breakthroughs and bust through and, and we accomplish great things together, we high five and it was all worth it. Right. So nothing I do is hundred percent original, dude. I am straight up the product of an influence of many, many great people. 
right? So um, isn't everyone though? Isn't everyone though? I mean, it's all stolen. If we want to call it stolen, I, I, there's a better word, but it's it's the truth. That's it, man. And you know, my dad is also somebody that has been an unbelievable impact on my life just because of um, of his confidence, his fierceness, um, his grit, his drive. And like, you know, he's 74 years old and we're working on a real estate play right now that literally is like the biggest thing that he's ever done in his life, you know, um, and it's for the game of baseball and it's great. But like he's 74 years old and he's still accomplishing greater things than he than he ever did. And he totally changed industries at the age of 50, you know, which is scary as hell to, to, to do something like that after a great career in the music business. And, um, you know, and when the Internet and things changed all that. But like what my dad did is everything my dad did even though he's done a lot of different things, he always did it at an elite level, okay? And then when I look back at, at my story and, and what has made me who I am today, you know, in, in baseball, I played it at an elite level. And then after baseball, we got into hospitality industry where um, literally we went from working in restaurants and nightclubs to owning them. And I went from hiring DJs to, to holding residencies in the, in the hottest spots in town. Right. So even as a, in that industry, we became an elite, elite players. Then in insurance, we, beca we became elite players on the national level. And then as launching insurance agencies and other small businesses, we got recognized on the national level. That's my story. So everything that we're doing today, it's going to be elite, we, we, even if we're not there yet. Right. But that's how we do it. Because how you do one thing you care about is how you do everything that you care about. And that's why it's worth putting the time and effort to be elite. And I love that word. Because it makes me think of Nick Saban's whole thing about how do you be elite? And that's, is that where you got it? Is that what you is that what you're referring to? Man, you know um, Hunter Bledsoe is a buddy of mine. Um, he's a big time uh, sports agent, has tons of guys in, in the major leagues today. Um, but he's probably one of the best thinkers that I've ever been around. And that was a thing with us when we coached together. Our kids are the same age, and and it was like you know he used that word the most. It was like you know to be an elite hitter. It was always the word elite, right? So because like, you know, if you, if you chase perfection and you fall short, you'll fall, you'll, you'll fall short on excellence or, or elite, you know, so because nobody's perfect, nobody's undefeated, hmm. right? So that's the thing is since nobody's undefeated, why do the losses crush us so bad? That's just a part of life. Expect it, man. You know, if you expect it and you can learn from it, that's the gift. And then boom, you're better on the other side. But a lot of times we focus so much on the loss or the problem that we forget about we, we we're feeding the problem and not feeding our purpose. Right. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Well, off camera, I'm going to tell these guys off camera. We just hopped on. I said, how you doing, man? What did you say back? I'm unstoppable. And, and, and I remember you talking about this, uh, actually on stage one time. I, and I actually, I loved it. Everybody says, I'm good. But you're just good. But your subconscious is, is recording everything that you say. And so everything adds up, right? So how many, how many millions of times have you just said, I'm good? And that's it, you know, versus the opposite, you know? So it, it, it's crazy, first of all, how many people, how much attention you get when you, you stop people in their tracks, when they say, how you doing? And you say, I'm unstoppable. That stops them in their tracks. Nobody right? says it, except you. But then again, your self-talk, that voice in your head is crazy important, man. And like yes. everything's in, everything's intentional. I made a deal with my son where like Deion Sanders did something I thought was great. He doesn't use uh, profanity. He doesn't use curse words. And I thought, you know, I use too many of them. What, what, like, why can't, can I stop? And I thought, you know, I asked my son, he's 14. Hey dude, a lot of your friends, they, they use the words that we don't like all the time. Right. He goes, Oh yeah, all the time. I was like, so you probably do from time to time too. He said, not as much as they do, but sometimes. And I was like, let's make a deal, dude. Let's make a deal. So he's incentivized and everything. Every Sunday's payday at the house where we go through. He's, he's paid on production, all right? And every time I use, uh, every night when he checks in, uh, we look at his power list. He gives me his tw the notes on the book. He's reading the 20 minutes of book reading he did that day. And he asked me, you know, Dad, how many, how many curse words did you say today? And I own up to it. It was three or zero or whatever. But now I'm aware that I'm saying them. And now there's a consequence to saying them. And then he's giving me the same feedback. And there's a level of trust there and accountability mm -hmm. that we have together over something as silly as curse words. You know what I mean? But it's something that we, get, we have to connect on every night. And, and yesterday was a bad day um, in the way that I, I think I owed him $9. <laughs> <laughs> $9. It was a rough one yesterday. And, um, you know, and sometimes our emotions get the best of all of us.
and that nobody's perfect. So yesterday I had a day where I'm better than that. And, you know, we had a, we had that moment. It was like, Hey buddy, I, I owe you some money. And that, you know, that money stings when I don't like giving money away like that. I don't like losing money, mm. you know? So, um, we, that's something that we did on our own and, and people, anybody can do that. But again, words matter. Words, words, a hundred percent matter, you know? Words matter. That, words matter. That, there's a words have energy. Words have words create or destroy. There's that book for agreements, right? That talks about that. It's either the power to create or the power. It's, they call it black magic in the book, the power to destroy with Hitler's voice. He was able to destroy a lot of things and a lot of people. Um, God's voice created the, the, the world, our world and universe, right? And the power of the word. And we could, we could go deeper into what word is in Jesus and word and all that crazy. But are we, are we, are we paying attention to that? And, and I want to take a step further and maybe we can kind of close on this idea. If you, if you want to, we've talked, we just tapped into a little bit about energy, like bringing the energy. Um, I, I, I feel like one of the things that I'm fired up about the most right now is paying attention to what energy am I giving off and what is the energy in the room of the people that I'm around too. Not just that, architecture has energy. Like you think about it, if you go into work at a cubicle, you're pretty like, eh, like you're not excited about that versus you get to go and uh, you, you, you get to go to work at, I just at Traeger headquarters, met, met the CEO of Traeger, he's a billionaire or uh, technically, He's a billionaire, but he owns a couple billion dollar company. I don't know what his equity is. The, the millions of dollars that went into their HQ. I mean, we're talking, this is a huge building with millions of dollars of art and things for the employees and soda fountains and an Xbox corner, like a huge room just for like them to go and relax and play and meditate and play Xbox or whatever they want to do. All this different stuff for the employees. I thought that has energy though. Like what a smart, I, my first thought was how stupid is that to spend that much money? And my instantly after I was like genius, the, the retention on his employees, how they're going to feel their production throughout the day because they're excited. They're excited to come into work, like all of these things. So playing off that one of, one of the thoughts that I have is too often we use win, lose energy which is low frequency energy. And we'll, we'll try and relate it to this personal brand, social media space. I want to win. So somebody else has got to lose. It's a sports mentality. We get it from sports. It has a place and a purpose. I don't think you can live in a, Hey, let's all win together in sports. You can't, somebody's got to be the winner and somebody's got to be the loser. But we take that into work or we take that into our business or creating our personal brand and it, it's just low frequency. It's low energy. What's different is if we can learn to have that abundance, authentic, like enlightenment, love, peace, giving, value giving energy, which is high frequency. In fact, some of those things I mentioned, if we're, if we're to measure them in hertz, they're at like 700. On the low side, we have like apathy, grief, uh, fear, those are like less than a hundred. You're literally radiating energy from your body to other people. So if you're, if you're producing content in that win lose versus win win space, who are you attracting? You're attracting other people that operate at that level, at that frequency, that low frequency. Who's your network going to be low frequency people? Who are your clients going to be? low frequency people because you're set up in a win lose. That's always going to punch back. I heard this and I got to share it with, with the listeners today because when I remember in college, Nick, I, w I went into exercise science and I remember it was the first time where I was in a class and the, and the professor goes, do you know what happens when you jump, you're going to go uh, dunk a basketball and you jump off the earth. And it was the first time where I was like, I, I don't really know. I mean, it just stays there, right? Like, he's like, well, let, let's take it a step further. If you put 100 pounds of force, let's say, into the ground, what is the ground doing back? Yeah, it's just staying there. No. He's like, no, it's not. It's pushing back 100 pounds. So everything that you cause, an, like an action, there's a reaction in the exact same proportion. Think about that, right? 
if we're using win-lose and we're making somebody else lose, we call it karma. It's going to come back and punch you in the face. If you use those win-lose, low energy frequencies, it's going to come back to you versus all the high-level energy frequencies to be able to build your brand, attract it, your vibe attracts your tribe. We've heard that. Like, it's not just a cute saying. It's literally how it all works. It's a law of the universe. It's all around us. And, and I just, I, anyway, I love that stuff. You're one of those people. Um, I, I believe that's why we're on the podcast today is because you're a high, I, I see you on social media. I feel the energy that you bring off. It's high level energy. I see what your son does and what his energy is like. It's off the charts too. And it's like, I want to be around those people. Why? Because I can feel their energy and I like that energy. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, at, at the end of the day, um, it goes back to um, like your, your brain really can't compute the negative, right? So um, like skiers, well, I'll put it to you this way. When, when, uh, when people fall down, like when they lose their footing and they fall down, they, they always, nobody falls forward. They always fall backwards. They're leaning, they're not leaning into it. They're leaning, they're leaning back. All right. When skiers crash into that tree, they weren't leaned into it. They weren't leaning in, you know, <laughs> hitting that tree. They're always like, oh crap. And they lean back. Right. But, but what pro happens usually is, is they were focused on what not to hit versus yeah. where to go. Okay. So in baseball, how many times did somebody mm. say, Hey man, don't swing at a ball over your head. Right. Well, what do you think they're going to do? Like now they're looking for this instead of looking for, instead of saying, don't swing at a ball over your head, say, Hey, swing at balls below your hands. Yeah. Right. So it, it changes what you're looking for. And what you're looking for is what you usually find. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, oh, so good. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, all the things that you're telling yourself, like if you're focusing on the problems or telling yourself what not to do, you don't really know what to do with that. How do you not do something? Well, you not you don't do something by doing something else. Yeah. Right. So anytime you catch yourself or coaching somebody or anything, it really drives me crazy. Don't hey, don't do this, don't do that. Like, what are you actually teaching them? You know, I mean, they need to know not to do that, but what do they need to know to do or try to do to not do that? And that's the missing piece a lot of times when we're when we're doing those things. You know? Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, here's a here's the thought, and I I don't mean to stump you with it. You just answer what what comes to your mind. What, what language does God speak? Oh, man. So language, what language does God speak? It's uh, he speaks directly into your heart. All right. So is it English, though? My, yeah. I, for, for, well, no, for me, it's not. For me, it's, it's something that, I, that only, I can, only I can understand when he speaks to me. So he's speaking through your heart. He's speaking through your heart. I, he don't speak up here. He speaks here. Okay. I think that what you know is up here and what you believe is in here. I totally agree with you. Let's throw that aside because you're right. You're spot on, but you're ruining my analogy. So if he were in front of us, I don't mean to be sacrilegious, but would he speak? Is it his primary language? Is it English? It, it, say that again. Is it, it, if he was in front of us right now, we were able to have a conversation with him. Would his primary language be English? Um, you know, if he's speaking directly to us and we both speak English, he's probably, he, he's probably going to go where we're at and speak English. However, we magically may understand the language he speaks. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that, that's a good point. And I think he probably would. I think it's the. I think it's the best answer is that if if you're Japanese and you only speak Japanese, if you're Chinese, whatever, like he's gonna speak to your level of understanding, right? And I think language is so important with all of this, and um, our level of understanding all of these things will help us get to what we want or, or get what we want. But, but here's something that just makes it so simple with everything that you just said and what we've talked about. When you want something, just know energy doesn't speak English. Hmm. That's right. That's great. Energy, energy does not speak a language. That's right. Energy will give you whatever you focus on. And you said that in a different way, in a better way. But what you focus on expands. And so I talk to people that have addictions. How do I stop this addiction? I just can't stop. I can't stop drinking. I can't stop the drug. I can't stop the porn. I can't stop the whatever. What do you spend most of your time thinking about? Because energy doesn't know the difference. That's right. 
That's right. Dude, I used to have, I, I, you know, I've been talking about this a lot, especially having a 14-year-old. I didn't understand. You know, when I was a younger man, I looked at porn, right? It was a regular part of my daily life, okay? Am I proud of that? It's a regular, it's a regular part of most males' lives. Um, it, it, and it, it doesn't serve us. But I, I'm so grateful that you're so willing to share that because people need to hear it. And I don't mean to pause for any other reason than honoring you for being vulnerable about it. Keep, keep going. Dude, I, I didn't realize, again, so when you watch TV or you're watching stuff, it's literally called paid programming. Programming's the key word. Paid programming, right? And I didn't really truly understand what that was until I had been kind of addicted to porn and then... I didn't look at porn anymore. And dude, the world is a, it's a totally different world you live in. It's, I did not understand how dangerous something that was so simple. And so that just seemed surface level, how it affected everything that I saw my perception of every aspect of life. I truly did not understand that every, the worst days in my life, there was porn involved. The best days of my life, there wasn't, <laughs> it's that simple. Right. But there's, Porn's just one thing, but how did I, you know, so I was kind of addicted to it. How did I stop? Like I found my, I found my inspiration and love in this, in something else, you know? So it was like, instead of, you know, um, saying I, it's, you know, you wake up and you have that feeling, all right, you wake up in the morning, every guy's ready to go. Right. And it's so, you know, nobody's in the bed with you, wife's in the other room, whatever. Let me, let me look at this real quick. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, instead of doing that, let me just not do it. Let me go. Let me go on ahead and wash my face. Let me go have some coffee. And then if I still want to do it, I'll consider it then. And I never did. It was just like, it was a, it was literally just a choice, you know, and, and like putting yourself in situations. If, if the alcoholic's not strong enough to go into a bar and not have a drink, then don't go in there. Yeah. Right. So like for me, when it came to porn, well, dude, it's access, it's accessible right here anytime you want. Right. So guess what? All of a sudden it was like, well, I'm not going to look at this first thing in the morning. Okay. I'm not going to give myself the temptation to do yeah. that because I promise you, I mean, evil knows what, what, how, how to get you and it's always going to find you. So if I open up Instagram, there's going to be something there that's going to trigger that it's going to make me want to go look at something else. You know, yeah. it's going to, it's going to always be in front of me. So understanding what you're working through and putting yourself in, like there was a, um, something I saw the other day that, um, let me see if I can find it real quick about the about, you know, the environment that you're in. Cause it was so, it was so, uh, it was so fantastic. And, but basically like, well, here, here, this is a great one. You know, how you, how you think affects how you perform. So negative inputs, negative output, positive is uh, input, uh, positive inputs, positive out, output. But um, basically it, it was, is like, you know, if something, if somebody's struggling, if a flower, oh, that's what it is. If a flower is uh, struggling to bloom, you don't kill the flower. You change the environment that it's trying to grow in. Right. So that's how I let, let go of porn is, I changed the environment. Change the environment. Which a lot of it is really just as I've broken it down. Yes, it is changing the environment, but it's just so much easier for your brain to focus on something else because it's not in front of you. If your phone's not in front of you, it's easier because you don't have it, so you're not focused on it, and you don't have to fight it. I think the other part of it is shame and guilt does not serve you. That which you resist continues to persist. Why? Because energy doesn't speak English. And if you're resisting, 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 what are you thinking about? Resisting something. And so you're thinking about that thing, which is then bringing it closer to you. So the, the cool thing about all of this is that if you want to achieve anything in your life, if you want to go run 100 uh, Ironmans, if you want to build a, a, a successful podcast or a personal brand, whatever you want to do that we've talked about, focus on it. Write it down. Become clear on it. Set actionable items. Become clear. And the more you think about it, you will then attract people in your life that are already good at it. You'll attract the books and the knowledge and the YouTube videos and all the learning and the people and the processes to get there. And it's just a matter of until you actually get there. That's right. That's, that's exactly right. You know, and, um, you know, again, the, the words are, the words are so powerful. So instead of saying things, you know, when people ask me to, Hey, can you do this? Or have you done this? Right. When they say, can you do this? The answer is never. No, it's always not yet. Not yet. Right. Because there's always going to be a way. So I've never dunked a basketball, but I've also never wanted to. But I'm pr I could probably get pretty close today. 
and so with a little bit of training, a little bit of insight, right? Some uh, some informed optimism, you know, I could probably learn how to achieve that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, if you valued that, I believe that you could. I think that's the key. Then that's fact. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But anything that you value, you can go get it. It's just, is it worth your time, energy, and money? And then you get to decide. That's the cool thing. We're all creators. We get to decide what we actually want. None of us are victims. Yeah. Yeah, we get to choose what we actually want. You know, man, the, the power of manifestation, you know, that word, I've really been thinking about that word a lot because for me it's called prayer. But, you know, I was taught that, you, you know, to truly, it's a wish. It's not a prayer, it's a wish if you don't pray as if you already have it. But, like, that's what, you know, when people see themselves walking up to the girl and she's saying yes, or when you see yourself walking across the stage getting that award, or you see yourself sitting in the, the house, your dream house that you want, when you can see yourself sitting there, you're probably going to formulate a plan and you'll probably end up having it at some point in time, yeah. right? But when you see yourself failing or not having it, like that's, that's what manifestation truly means to me, right? So they, that manifestation is if you think it, think it hard enough, you start to believe it, which again, that's paid programming. I think that what you see the most becomes what you know. And then what you know the what you know the best turns into what you believe, or what you what you've what you know the longest turns into what you believe. Which is why pe- some people believe that the Earth is flat, even though we all went to the same school system that taught us it was round. So they just got fed a whole bunch of information that changed their belief system, right? That changed what they knew. So again, if if all you think about is all the problems you got, well, those things are gonna are, are going to multiply. But if you can, if you can actually somehow see yourself, like I don't know how to fly an airplane, but if I could see myself flying an airplane and that became important enough to me, like, dude, I need to do that. And I can see myself doing it. I mm-hmm. can formulate a plan to get there. Right. So dude, it, that's everybody that's achieved, achieved great things. That's how they got it. Very few people are, were born to do what they're actually, what they're doing. Um, very few people are born to do that. And the people that we all idolize and look up to, those are the people that are doing what they're born to do. A thousand percent. I mean, it's, it's the law of two creations, right? That they say it's created once in your mind spiritually here and then created in the physical world. I, I, I've heard people argue there's three in your mind on paper, drawn out, get clear. And then in the physical world. And I, I like adding that one in there because I think there's truth to that, but it really is simple. It's simple, not easy. It's simple, and it's simply here, and then it comes out into the physical world if you really want it. Absolutely. Anything that you want can be created. Uh, dude, so good. So many good things. I, I'm going to end with this. I think a lot of what we've said today to entrepreneurs or hustlers or people that are achieving or want to achieve already are going to listen to this, and they're going to go, oh, yeah, I vibe with that. That's so good. That's so true. I Sometimes I forget about the people that – maybe go, ah, that doesn't, no, no, that can't be it. Their programming doesn't jive yet with this kind of thing. To them, I would say this, learning, we've gotten really good at learning through school. We don't talk about unlearning enough. Sometimes you need to unlearn. Sometimes you need to challenge what you've thought was true. Look at the fruits of it. Look at Nick's fruits. Look at Bradley's fruits. Look at Rory's fruits. Look at Ed Milet's fruits. What do they, they, if we're all sitting in a room, we're all going, yep, yep. That's it. That's it. If you, if you can't get there, you would rather be right than know the truth and let that sink in. I don't mean that to cut anybody too deep, but I say it because I want everyone to win. Nick, I know you do too. Want everyone to win. There's so much. It's an abundance mindset. And if, you, if, if you're not quite there yet, unlearn whatever it is to be able to lean into this. And I think we both could promise you your life will be drastically different in a year from now. Repetition is key. You know, what is the saying? You know, it takes 10,000 attempts to, to become a master at something. Well, dude, I promise you, whatever it is you're struggling with, you're a master at it. You know, if, 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 if uh, negative talk is something you struggle with, Dude, you're probably doing it all day, every day, and have been doing it 365 days a year for years. Mm. So you've done it over 10,000 times, and you're a master at it. You know what I mean? So all the th- again, your, your momentum may be that you don't have any. Your consistency may be that you're inconsistent, right? You might be a master of negative thinking, 
right? The voices in your head, maybe you may be a master of those things. So we're all masters of something. It just may not be what we should be a master of to better our life and to, and to ser- help and serve others, right? But all everybody that struggles with, oh, you know, I, who, who am I to say that I, I, I don't know how I can help people or I don't feel like my voice should be heard or I don't feel like I'm important or any of those things. Again, that's all about you and not about how you help and serve others, right? So, and again, you're telling me that, all the crazy, unbelievable science that made up your, that became your DNA, that made you a human being on this earth. And there's only one of you at the time that you were put here. You're telling me that all that was for nothing. Yeah. That you weren't put here to do something, right? To, to affect one person, whatever it may be. And if one person is the only person that's supposed to hear you, then dude, get a megaphone. And find out where they're at and make sure that they hear you. Maybe your audience is one. Maybe your audience is one million. Maybe your audience is a billion, right? Who knows? And if you don't know, the only question I know how to ask is, you want to find out? <laughs> I love it. So good, dude. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for being vulnerable and, and, uh, and open about these things. Uh, guys, go follow this man. Uh, go follow him on Instagram. I think it's just at Nick Hyder, isn't it? Everything's at Nick Hyder. NickHyder.com is the, uh, is, the, is the nucleus for everything. You can get to the podcast. You can find keynote events. You can, find, uh, you can get on the newsletter, um, subscribe to some stuff. You can, uh, you can work with me. You can book me to speak, whatever you want. Everything's on NickHyder.com. And, uh, and all my social media handles are at Nick Hyder. And, and, and his, his podcast is amazing. He's got some great uh, episodes with some high-level people on there. And, and that, the, the Hit Streak podcast. Okay. Guys, go follow this man. Nick, thanks so much. Uh, guys, if you found value out of this episode, share it with people. Share it on your social media when we pump, pump reels out. Uh, go follow this guy. Give us a review. That's how we grow. That's how we get this message out to a lot of people. Thanks so much for listening this far, and we'll see you in the next one.